The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to the show. Man, there's going to be a huge cut in personnel coming up right around the corner. We're going to hit on some guys that should stay, perhaps some that should go. Who knows? That and more here on show four. 86. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have the post game for the Cowboys. Yeah, there was a lot to see in that game. We're going to hit on what I saw anyway. It's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy here after this this week's game, this Thursday's preseason. By Monday, there'll be 1,500 guys on the waiver wire. Crazy to think about. Who will stay and who will go? I don't know. I have some suggestions, uh, but it's hard to say in this NFL, especially the way this particular offseason's gone. Uh, The way they're cutting players really makes a big difference on how you look at your team. We got to hit on that and the bone line here on this show. The Raiders played the Cowboys in their house and did a pretty doggone good job. I must say the offense looks electric. It looks electric and they're holding the horses back, which makes me even happier. The fact that they uh, they played so well against a decent defense, uh, pretty good. Pretty good for me. I feel confident in the offense. Uh, in most cases, we should dominate on that side of the ball uh, without a doubt. The defense was improved. And lo and behold, what did we get? Like I said on the last show, We got some push in the middle. Our DBs are still lost. Um, Man, we got Jenkins now kind of taking the slot as the middle linebacker. I'm not real happy about that. Um, And Lee, he might have lost his job. I don't know. A lot to digest on the defensive side of the ball. One thing I can tell you for sure is, Ken Norton looks very unhappy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He looks miserable, man. Looks like someone's crawling right up his. Well, you know what? And, uh, well, because Bagano is right there behind him in the headset saying, I'm going to take your job. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. Um, who knows, though? The defense, as sparingly as they they played as far as playing well they did play better they improved the push in the middle is there uh, we got to look at some good players Hester Vanderos um, I'd like to see uh, Jihad make a move he's gonna have a chance in this game as a matter of fact this next game the fourth game is all about keeping your job so we'll look for him there but in the Cowboys I was satisfied. I think that if Carr would have stayed on the field, would have outscored him by a bunch. And, uh, well, there would have been no doubt in my mind we could have beat the Cowboys right in their own house. 
You know who I'm seeing a lot of is this kid, Luani. He's young, rookie, but, man, he's playing really good, uh, especially out there in his position at cornerback. I think, you know, he, he's like could be the diamond in the rough for this season. Let's hope so. We need some guys to step up. Karrion Connolly's supposed to be back on the field. So um, we'll see what works out here in this last game. Let's hope that we see some magic from this young man. But as far as, as far as Dallas goes, I think we did a good job for our third game. I'm feeling pretty confident. Wins and losses don't matter, really. But the uh, you could see improvement in the defense. That's all I needed to see. And that is all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's about to get crazy up in here. That's right, with the NFL changing the new format of dumping all players at the end of the fourth game, preseason game, that's a whopper. They used to come out a little at a time. They did, too. We dropped some players. Other teams have as well. But to go from 90 players to 53 in one weekend, uh, that's huge. Not only is it huge as far as trying to pick up additional players at positions of need like linebacker, <laughs> for us that is, and cornerback, you know, we also have to let players go. Uh, this last game is going to show showcase all the players we think are worthy of being on the field, see if we, who we want to keep and who we want to let go. Um, it's hard to say because with so many players on the wire at one time, who's to say who we're going to pick up uh, and, and fill a roster spot here and there? How are we going to do that? What are they doing uh, as far as coaching staff goes? to prepare for this huge exodus and possibly adding players. It's a crazy thing. It's, it's It doesn't seem like it's much of a change, but it's a huge change for the coaching staff, you know, considering that in the past when you were cut from a team, you got an opportunity to sit down with the coach for a couple minutes. You know, they went over things with you. They talked about perhaps other places that were interested. Uh, that's not going to happen. I don't think... Uh, you're going to have 37 players that are going to be able to talk to the coach one-on-one -on -one for two minutes. I don't think that's going to be a possibility. So it really does change the uh, the whole dynamic of releasing players. I don't know if I like it. I certainly wouldn't like it if I were a player and they just came by and said, hey, fill your, <laughs> fill your locker into this bag, this big old plastic trash bag, and get out. That's it. Because that's probably what's going to happen to a lot of players. Um, we'll see how it goes down. They might not keep it if it doesn't go down very smoothly. I can hardly imagine the Players Association uh, being okay with this. But on the other hand, for the player's advantage, and this is the advantage to the player, is that they'll be able to stay around the entire time all the way to the end of the last preseason game, which allows them to have film to show other teams that they might be able to be picked up off the wire themselves. You know, as a fan, um, it's kind of a trip because 
you're looking to pick up a piece here and a piece there, we might we might bring in five guys, six guys, eight guys. But we got to keep it at, at 53. So it really kind of puts a strain on the staff. And I think might be a good thing, especially for uh, the personnel staff that has to look for new players. I think that if they haven't been looking now, uh, we're behind the eight ball. So let's just uh, see how this pans out. It'll be interesting to see if NFL sticks with this format. Uh, we'll see how good or bad it might be. And that is all I have to say about that. And on a side note, there's a lot of fans talking about picking up this Joe Hayden from the Browns. As defensive back, he made the Pro Bowl two years, 14 and 15, I think. Uh, 16, he was missing a lot, a lot of injuries. He had a hip injury. I don't know if we all know about it, but that's what's been keeping him from doing a decent job. He can't move his hips due to the injury he's had on his hip. So that's why a lot of teams aren't going after him. Some are. I don't expect us to. So we bring in Herman Edwards from ESPN. On the afternoon light with uh, Pop and Bonta here on 95.7, the game. Now, Coach, a guy in Cleveland is now open on a, uh, the Cleveland Browns are shopping Joe Hayden. He's going to get mm-hmm. paid a lot of money over over the next three years. What does Joe Hayden have left? Because we, we've been talking about it all morning here at 95.7, the game. The Raiders, there's a natural fit there for the Raiders to bring in a Joe Hayden who could play the slot, who could play outside. What have you seen from Joe Hayden in the past two years to make Cleveland want to just say, hey, you know what, we want to ship him out? Is it injury or is it confidence? And I don't know what that is yet. He was a little bit hurt last year, but he's also not a very confident guy anymore. He's not the same guy he was two years ago. He was fantastic two years ago. And then all of a sudden something happened. Now, I don't know if it was injury and he was playing injured or now maybe he just doesn't want to, you know, play in Cleveland. I, I don't get it, but I worry about that. Look, I played out there for 10 years. Now, let me tell you something. You know, we could talk about height, weight, speed. We could talk about you know, change of direction skills and all that stuff, ball skills, he's a good tackler. We can talk about all that stuff. But at the end, I know this. If you're not a mentally tough guy, you can't play out there. You cannot play. You cannot survive it. it, won't, it won't, the league won't allow you to do it. Because once they know that if they get you early in a game and you become a cautious player at corner, you got no chance. You got no chance to survive that. I don't care who you are. So that's what they got to determine. And I, I watch him on tape and I go, eh, is, it, is it his injury? Is it, I don't know. I don't know. Because I'm not around him every day. You know, I'm not talking with him. I'm not coaching him. But you know when you look in the guy's eyes and all of a sudden he got that glassy look, it's like, hey, man, this dude, he ain't, he's not the same guy now. Yeah, I, you know, he's had groin injuries the last couple of years, Coach, so I hear what you're saying. But he was a really confident young player with his feet. Oh, he could move goodness. his feet so well. I wouldn't pick him because from injury standpoint, we don't need to pick up injured players, DJ Hayden. May I say that, please? And let's just hope this Karen Conley can make it happen as well because um, – well, because I'd like him to be successful in silver and black. 
Talking about Herman Edwards, let's bring in the coach and a longtime NFL cornerback. He knows both sides of this equation about, you know, playing as a young guy, missing training camp. So, Coach, tell me what you know about Conley from watching him getting ready for the draft at Ohio State and the fact that he's just being activated today. How much of a role can you give a rookie corner to start the year when he misses all the training camp, training camp Coach? Well, you know, how complicated is your system, for one? I mean, it's not very difficult if you tell him you're in cat coverage. That means you cover your cat. Can he cover the cat? We'll find that out. It all has a lot to do with the pass rush as well. But, you know, a talented kid, there's no doubt about that. When you get selected where he got selected, it has all the attributes of, of, of being a good corner, but it, but it takes a little time. You know, it, it's more than just talent. It's experience and and all the little fundamentals that you have to be done if you're going to be a successful corner in our league, especially with the rules anymore. And I think the thing that most corners struggle with in our league is their ability to play the ball uh, once it's in the air, especially when their back is turned away from the quarterback. That's the critical one. It's not so much when you see the ball released. It's when your back is away from the quarterback and you're running downfield. What is the indicator? What are the instincts to tell you I have to play the ball now, not the receiver? I mean, that, that's a killer in our league. That's the 50-yard pass interference that becomes a big play. You know, those are the things that basically you coach, but I've always felt this way. I played out there my whole life. It's instincts. Some guys can do it. Some guys can't. Yeah, you're exactly right. You can't teach guys ball skills. And one thing I, Al Davis always looked for was guys that played basketball, and Gary does have a, a basketball background, and he does play the ball really well. You know, in college at, at uh, Ohio State, for Coach Meyer, he would play, you know, right corner, left corner. He also mm. would jump in the slot, uh, Herm. So uh, part of my thought, would you just limit him right away for the early in the year and just give him a role maybe just as your slot corner, use him in the third down package or, you know, nickel package and not, you know, ask him to play outside corner, inside corner and give it to him all right away? Well, I'll tell you this. Playing inside, uh, there's a lot to be learned in there. Now, if you strictly says man-to-man, Okay, I get that part. Is it man with free safety in the middle? Is it man with double safeties where you're playing underneath? Is it bracket coverage? That's fine. But when you get into the zones and you get into the ability to drop, you become a linebacker. This is, this is the Rondé Barber that I had in Tampa. It took Rondé a whole year to figure it out, to figure out what I do as a linebacker now. What is my run support responsibility? Am I a blitzer? Am, am, I, am I bringing pressure from the nickel back? Because that guy, basically, when you go nickel, you take a linebacker out and you replace him with a corner that is basically a linebacker. And remember, they can run the ball. Well, okay, what is my responsibility as a run? Am I turning it back in? Do I have the C-gap? All those things come into play. So it's the most difficult position to play in the secondary besides strong safety. Because you're constantly moving from left to right, and your responsibilities change according to what the coverage is. So we say, can we put him in there? Yeah, okay. First of all, you got to be able to tackle. If you can't tackle, you can't play in there, period. Can't play in there, okay? Now, so all those things come into factor. So the easiest place to put him is that corner, basically. I mean, because now you're one side of it. You're always looking from outside in. You don't have to look from inside out. You don't have to worry about all the coverage concepts. Either I got this guy or I don't have him. Do I have safety in the middle or am I rolling up? I mean, basically. When you play corner, look, you play for everything from outside in. It's real simple. You don't let anything get up to your outside shoulder. You turn everything back in. 
Yeah, Herman Edwards joining us. Yeah, everybody says when they come to the league, playing inside is hard because the receiver has a two-way go on. You don't have the boundary to at least uh, you know shade him one way or the other. We certainly need that position. He should be a good pick. I'm hoping for this guy to be a someone that's going to hang around the Raiders for a while to come. Now, some of the battles for positions on the Raiders roster are kind of interesting. E.J. Manuel and Connor Cook. I think that's a really interesting um, matchup because E.J. Manuel kind of surprised me a lot. Uh, he was used to running the ball a lot. He, they say he would run before pass. You know, he got beat up a lot where he was before. So he came here, he did a pretty good job, but my money's still on Connor Cook. I like this kid. He's young. He's learning. He's growing into the position. He certainly played better than E.J. Emanuel. Maybe they'll keep all three. I don't think so. If we got to keep somebody, I think Cook, not only will he be less expensive because he'll be still under the rookie cap, uh, but I think that his upside is far better than Manuel. I'd like to see him stay on the Raiders because he is truly a Raider. There's a wide receiver, Jordan Menkins. Uh, he was on our practice squad last year as well. It's tough for this guy to make it out with them getting Cordell Patterson and having some talent on that wide receiver core. I just say that we should probably keep this kid. He's a good guy, catches the ball, does a pretty good job. Uh, Seth Roberts is doing a great, great job. I don't see he can, he can overcome him. Uh, I don't know if we're going to keep him, but I think he'll have a good chance to be picked up somewhere if we do not. Taiwan Jones. You know, where have you seen him? I haven't even seen him. Uh, missing that guy. So I'm just wondering if uh, there's a place for him on this roster. There's a lot of running backs on this roster. Uh, Woods, Crockett. I mean, we got a lot of guys. Washington, Richard, uh, Atkinson. There's going to be some serious cutting in the running back ranks in that room come Monday. I tell you that for sure. The one thing I can say is it's nice to have these position battles, especially like at quarterback where we were looking for the number one, not the number two. Uh, and we've got our franchise QB, which is great. And now we can quibble about what's left after that. That is a huge component to this team and has made the Raiders uh, something to talk about this season for sure. One thing I can say for sure is I wish all these kids the best. Everyone who came in as a Raider, who tried hard to be a Raider, if they didn't make it, uh, we just want to thank them. I do as a fan for doing their very best to make the team and uh, make the team better for sure. And that is all I have to say about that. Let's talk about this doggone hurricane, shall we? I'd like to send out my prayers to all who were affected by this hurricane in Houston area, in South Texas, really. Corpus Christi, all the little cities and counties that you don't know about or hear about. I know it's sensationalized by the news. And there's people that aren't getting on the news that have a story to tell. I just want to send out prayers, uh, certainly donations to those in the flooded area and our hearts go out to you 
uh, from the Raider Nation podcast uh, for sure. And uh, well, once again, uh, may the Lord watch over you and keep you safe and provide for you and show you the lesson, whatever it may be, in the tragedy that you're going through, because God does have a plan. And that is a fact, Jack. All right, it's time for the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. And evidently, you guys aren't used to the show being on. Because <laughs> we got nothing. What do we got, Randy? Okay, so get off your ass and make the damn call because the bone line needs you way more than it needs me that's a fact jack well the raiders play the seahawks this thursday i'm looking to see some good things happen i want to see some great players make some strides some diehards stay and see how the how the things roll out to see our team for 2017 see how the roster spots are filled and how the depth chart works out because I do believe it is an exciting time to be a Raider fan because the season is starting just around the corner. I love it. God bless you, Raider Nation, right here from the Raider Nation podcast. Raider Randy and Raider Greg, we are out. Out.